Welcome to Season 4 of the Raise Your Game Show, a podcast that unpacks and dissects the strategies and principles of high performance in sports and business. I'm your host, Alan Stein Jr. Let's do it. In this season, I unpack the key stories and lessons from my book, Raise Your Game, high-performance secrets from the best of the best. If you've already read or listened to my book, please enjoy the reinforcement and reminders. Remember, repetition is not punishment. If this is all new to you, I hope you find this content helpful. You can order the full audiobook at audible.com or wherever audiobooks are sold. You can also order the paperback or hard copy version for you or your entire team or organization at raiseyourgamebook.com. Before I dive in, I wanted to announce that Your Game Plan, Student Athlete Edition, is coming soon. This online course was strategically designed by me to help middle school, high school, and college athletes improve their leadership, communication, and habits, as well as become the best version of themselves on and off the court or field. Here are a few samples of the lessons taught. But, you know, hopefully the coach has articulated uh, with some clarity kind of the vision of the culture and the standards and the expectations and what they're hoping to accomplish uh, for everybody. But then I think it's the, the student athlete needs to take it upon themselves to go in and sit down and say, what is my role? How do you see my puzzle piece fitting in amongst everybody else? And let the coach again say with great clarity, uh, you know, your strengths and weaknesses, how they see the, you know, the, the season unfolding and what your role will be. And this is what's most important for a student athlete uh, to simply sit back and listen and take all of the information in. Things that will certainly help you in your sport, but things that will help you in the classroom, things that will help you uh, in your family situation and in your community and relationships with friends, things that you know will help you whenever you stop playing the sport, you know, whether that's after high school or after college or maybe for a select few after you play professionally, but what types of skill sets give you the most bang for your buck in everything that you do? And the ones that come to mind immediately for me are leadership. You know, every industry at every level needs quality and competent leaders. So any investment you make into your ability to lead better uh, is a very sound investment. Make sure you follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Allenstein Jr. or keep listening to the rest of this season for more info. In today's episode, we explore chapter six from the coach section, which focuses on vision. If you are a coach, you need to make a commitment to being a leader. That title is not just handed to you because you hire and fire, have the biggest paycheck, and make the final decisions. True leaders have a vision for where their group is going and have developed a culture that makes everyone want to work together to get there. They have character and are committed to serving and empowering every member of the team. Above all, they care about whom they're working with and what they're doing. It is only then that they've earned the title of leader. Chapter six, vision. A person who knows how may always have a job, but the person who knows why will always be his boss. John C. Maxwell. Let's talk about vision. A great athlete sees where his teammates are going to be instead of just where they are currently. On the football field, quarterbacks who don't do this will be throwing incomplete passes and interceptions on a regular basis. On the hardwood, the same rule applies. 
Point guards, the floor generals, are required to see not just where everyone is, but where everyone is headed. Even in a mass tangle of bodies with so many other things to consider, including their own defender and their own dribble, point guards need to be hyper-aware of the direction every player is moving and where each of them will end up. The truly elite point guards have the vision to see the now. Who's cutting to the basket? Whose man is late getting back? Who's open? But they also have the vision to see five seconds from now. Who's about to spring open? Who's lost track of their man? Who's about to make a backdoor cut? The ball has to be there when they get there, on time, on target. So in a sense, the point guard has to tell the future. That's vision. Among active players, few have better court vision than Chris Paul. I met Chris for the first time over a decade ago and had the honor of working his elite guard camp for several years. To Chris's credit, he wasn't just licensing his name to the camp, as some are known to do. Chris was all in and hands-on, participating in every aspect of the camp, every drill, and every meal. He walked the walk, and the kids noticed. I was enormously impressed. Of course, the greats never take time off, so even though it was the off-season and Chris had a camp to run, he still had to get in his own practice time as well. He would get up at 5 a.m. and do his own full workout, in the weight room and on the court, before camp began each day. His drive to be the best seemed to just relentlessly push him. Chris is one of the most competitive people I have ever met. Whether playing cards, bowling, or shooting hoops, he wants to win so badly. It's just in his blood. Developing his court vision has made Chris among the top point guards in the NBA, among the best over the last 20 years. At the relatively small height of six feet, he has to have great vision to make up for his lack of size. His standards are so high that according to a reporter, even the ball's laces need to match the way the particular teammate likes them. This is a fact that Paul confirmed. They put the laces on the ball for a reason, he told an interviewer. The best point guards, like Chris, have tremendous vision, and they have to have it in two specific ways. One, they literally have great court vision, meaning they always position themselves to see as much of the court as possible. Basketball is a game of straight lines and sharp angles. The elite point guards use those angles to improve their vision. Two, they are visionaries in the sense that they have to think one or two plays ahead, similar to a master chess player. They have to anticipate where the defender will shift to or where their teammate will cut to. Looking ahead. An athlete needs to have vision off the court as well. The great players are always ahead of the game, learning and implementing what will give them the edge. Ten years ago, it was strength and conditioning and nutrition. Five years ago, it was sports psychology, yoga, and film breakdown analytics. Soon it will be wearable technology, virtual reality training tools, and customized nutrition and supplementation based on blood types. Teams are now using physical analytics for injury predispositions, psychological testing, and profiling to determine whom they will draft. Being a great player just isn't enough anymore. They also have to be great at what the game will evolve into. They have to compete against the next generation of players entering the league, the superstars of the future, who are going to be the best prepared generation in the history of the sport. This goes for successful coaches and general managers as well. They have to think about their own future and study the future of the game. All professional sports, all businesses really, are evolving, 
And the successful ones are the ones that understand and accept what those changes are going to be. Houston Rockets general manager Daryl Morey has changed the way basketball is played, watched, and studied because of his early adoption of advanced analytics. When some GMs were still looking at points and rebounds, Morey and his office were inventing true shooting percentage, which combines three-pointers, field goals and free throws, and other advanced statistics. It's Morey's vision that led the Rockets to the most three-point attempts in history and to the top of the Western Conference. Now everyone in the league is copying his approach. In the memorable words of sports writer Tim Cato, Morey ripped up conventionality, lit it on fire, and launched it into the Gulf of Mexico. Morey had tremendous success with recent Rockets teams, which in 2018 came within one win of the NBA Finals. Their success began with Morey's vision to see where the game was headed. Perhaps most famously, Billy Bean changed how baseball was played, coached, and understood with the Oakland Athletics in the early 2000s, chronicled in Michael Lewis's book, Moneyball. Scouts and other GMs were still caught in a previous era, relying on the eye test and other old cliches about what a real baseball player looked like. When Bean came in with his Harvard sidekick, Paul DePodesta, the old guard all laughed at the duo with their focus on seemingly trivial statistics like on-base percentage and walks. But Bean was onto something. The future. The Boston Red Sox won three championships after adapting Bean's system. They tried and failed to hire him. And 15 years later, all major league teams now have a heavily utilized advanced statistics department. An important aspect of vision is the courage of your convictions. How tightly you hold on when everyone else wants to see you fail or just assumes you will. Those who have vision aren't always embraced or popular, but they end up on top, either through reputation, legacy, or icon status. A good player knows where they are on the court. A great player knows where everyone is on the court. Don Meyer. The who and the what. True leaders are magnetic. People want to follow them because they're attracted to the vision that the leader embodies. People have to believe in the who before they follow the what. In basketball, the greats, Bill Russell, Michael Jordan, and LeBron James, are successful because they carry a vision of success. That vision informs the choices they make and permeates everything they do. Other people are scrambling to get on board because they want to join someone with vision, someone who knows what he wants and how to get there. Getting behind that leader is a way of saying, I want to be a part of bringing that vision to fruition. Think about it yourself. Do you have a clear vision? Is it communicated? Consistently? A famous Inc. magazine survey drove home how large the gap is between what bosses think is going on and what the reality is. The magazine first asked executives what percentage of their employees could name the company's three top priorities. The executives guessed 64%. They had a rosy, some would say a delusional, view of how well they were communicating. When researchers conducted the survey of the employees, the actual number was 2%. Two out of 100 employees knew what the company stood for. If you stop and think about how a company's priorities are literally the reason it exists, you realize just how mind-boggling that number is. Know your vision and communicate your vision. Effective coaches have laser-sharp clarity on where they are headed and what the team can achieve. Just as important, they consistently communicate it and even sell it to the doubters they need on board. It's no good being able to spot the iceberg. 
if you can't get the ship to alter its course. Here's a self-test. If you're in charge, ask yourself, do your direct reports know what your vision is? If I ask them, could they answer without any preparation? Do you emphasize why everyone is coming to work every day? Do you regularly communicate what they're all working toward? If you do, how often? If not, why not? Is it because you don't know? Is it because you don't think they need to know? Is it because you've never thought about it? Answering these questions might be a sobering exercise, but don't back away. Step into it. It is essential. Scouting the future. Vision also involves seeing talent where only potential lies. In sports, one of the jobs of coaches, general managers, and scouts is being able to see a young recruit's future from little but early signs and flashes. The truly talented recruiters can picture what the player can be, not just what he is. In NBA history, the order of the draft has not once been an accurate predictor of who ultimately became successful in the league. That's not because people didn't do their homework. It's because what a player is now is only an inkling of what he will be. So many other factors stand between now and later. The great visionaries account for these. Sure, Tim Duncan of the San Antonio Spurs was the number one overall draft pick. But the two guys who were just as essential to the Spurs' four titles, Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili, were nowhere near the top. Tony Parker was the 27th overall pick, and Ginobili was picked at the very end of the draft. But Spurs management saw what each of them could become, nurtured their potential, and the rest is history. In professional sports in the 21st century, teams have put so much more into scouting and evaluating now than they did in the past. They know that it is worth their time, money, and focus to vet potential players as thoroughly as possible, instead of rolling the dice and risking being wrong. A poor decision can lead to disastrous contracts, no free agents, and years of last place finishes. Just ask teams that drafted Greg Oden at number one over Kevin Durant and Darko Milicek, number two, over Carmelo Anthony, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade. If you're scratching your head wondering who in the world Darko Milicek is, exactly. Before a team risks millions of dollars and its future on a single unproven player, Every area of his game gets analyzed. Every aspect of his life is probed and considered. The information is integrated together to help a team envision what the player may turn out to be. It's not just about size, shot selection, and footwork. There are intangibles that have to be determined, such as listening skills, motivation, and unselfishness. Of course, this applies far beyond sports. It's less quantifiable when you're not dealing with athletics, but the top businesses do this too. They try to get a clear vision of the person before the hire is made. Once that employee is in the company's bloodstream, he's going to affect everything else. Airbnb founder Brian Chesky took five months and hundreds of interviews before he hired his first employee, an engineer. He told an interviewer that this first hire was like part of the company's DNA, and he treated the decision with that kind of gravity. A leader has to have the vision to see what an employee can contribute, or take away before it's too late. In Amazon's early days, Jeff Bezos used to say that every time we hired someone, he or she would raise the bar for the next hire so that the overall talent pool was always improving. One of Amazon's first employees, Nicholas Lovejoy, told author Richard L. Brandt 
An employee should think, I'm glad I got hired when I did, because I wouldn't get hired now. That's a remarkable standard, always pumping in a higher level of employee. It's also important for another reason. By always raising the bar, employees never get complacent about their place in the company. It also gives the impression of forward movement, something everyone wants to be a part of. Pete Philo is a former NBA director of scouting and the owner and president of TPG Sports Group, a renowned basketball talent evaluator. TPG runs Sports Tank, a sports business version of the popular TV show Shark Tank, as well as Pro Scout School, which teaches the tools, concepts, and principles of what it takes to be an NBA executive, scout, and general manager. Pete is the epitome of a leader with vision, having seen the future of scouting and talent evaluation before it became the norm. When I met with him, he told me that one of his mentors gave him some powerful advice about vision. Think about what problems out there can be solved, he said, and from there you'll be surprised how many ideas come into your head. Climbing over obstacles? That's impressive. Not even seeing them as obstacles, but rather opportunities? That's vision. The future. Vision is seeing things before they happen, before people would even consider that they could happen. It's Netflix taking down Blockbuster, going from one five hundredth the size of the video rental giant to straight up bankrupting them 10 years later. It's Zappos taking on the entire shoe industry because the company's founders knew that buying and returning shoes were a huge hassle, but if done right, with a streamlined process and top-notch customer service, the whole experience could happen through the mail. Vision is those few people who saw the future 10 years ago. In an interconnected world, people wouldn't mind and would pay good money to ride in strangers' cars and stay in strangers' apartments. I grew up in the 1980s and 90s when this was literally something no one would ever have considered. No one. Anyone who says they did is just lying. Now the founders of Airbnb and Uber are called geniuses, and using their services is just considered the smart thing to do for transportation and travel accommodations. Leaders keep their eyes on the big picture, often working to get their world to match up with their vision. They aren't afraid of being laughed at, pushed aside, or isolated. If they hold fast to their vision, even against prevailing winds, they end up on top, all alone up there, the mountain to themselves. Vision is innovative ideas like Google's 20% time, where every employee gets prescribed time to work on outside projects of their choosing and invention, which led to successful Google offshoots such as Gmail, AdSense, and Google Talk. Who would think forcing employees to work less would help them accomplish more? That's vision. Chase the vision, not the money. Tony Shea, CEO, Zappos. The Balancing Act Vision requires a difficult but important balancing act, a commitment to one's convictions along with a willingness to adapt. Vision is about dedication, but that shouldn't be mistaken for stubbornness. It's about having a solid foundation so that you can improvise as needed. Vision, or lack of it, is behind the fate of all great companies. A lack of vision is why Reebok, which as the top shoe company had its pick of any athlete it wanted, chose not to sign Michael Jordan. The reason? In 1984, when Jordan arrived in the NBA, the big men were the superstars. They couldn't conceive of a shooting guard shattering that mold. They were stuck seeing what was instead of what would be. 
Lack of vision is why no one carries around Blackberries anymore, even though it wasn't that long ago when everyone had one, or two, in their pocket. It's why Kodak had to declare bankruptcy in 2012, even though they had figured out digital photography way back in 1975. They chose not to pursue it because they feared it would cut into their own film business. It's why Blockbuster didn't buy Netflix on the cheap, even though the opportunity was presented to them multiple times. They couldn't see the next step. They just didn't have the vision. Management and vision are two separate things, a former Blockbuster executive told Variety. Netflix could have been theirs for a relatively paltry sum of $50 million. Just to drive the point home, as of this writing, Netflix has revolutionized how we watch television and movies, has successfully begun to make their own, and is worth $150 billion. To put such a giant number in perspective, they are worth more than Disney and still growing. Vision requires an openness to exploring the new and not, like Blockbuster and Kodak, being satisfied where you are. Remember, your comfort zone is your cage. Protecting a lead does not work. In sports, the teams that just try to run out the clock don't statistically do as well as they should, especially in football. In Super Bowl 51, the Atlanta Falcons went into the locker room at halftime up 21-3. Then they were up 28-3 in the third quarter. Then, incredibly, they never scored again, losing 34-28. Protecting their lead didn't work. The reason? It sucks all the motivation out of the players. There's no excitement to latch onto. Just letting the clock run down couldn't motivate Atlanta's players the same way a comeback could motivate New England's. Change comes from making new rules, new precedents. All the modern advances, the truly breakthrough achievements, have not been built on precedent. David Falk, sports agent. The power of purpose. Vision means understanding what your purpose is, and everything you do should be tied to your purpose. As my friend and world-renowned expert on customer service, Dr. Brian Williams often says, don't confuse function with purpose. A chair's function is to provide a place for someone to sit down. A chair's purpose is to provide comfort. The function of your company, selling insurance, providing financial advice, is not necessarily its purpose. Its purpose may be to help people buy homes or feel secure or plan for the future. Our purpose is why we get up in the morning. It's the driving force of our lives. A company also needs to have a purpose, one that aligns with its vision. Your purpose is where you are. Your vision is where you're headed. Here's a self-test. Spend some time thinking about the purpose of your company or organization, especially if you never have. Step outside of what you literally make, do, or provide and dig into what you are offering your customers, your employees, and maybe even the world at large. In one sentence, could you explain what your company's purpose is? How is it different from its function? The same question, 2,500 times. Don Yeager, legendary sports journalist and motivational speaker, knows what it takes to bring vision to fruition. Besides co-writing books with sports icons like John Wooden, Walter Payton, and Joe Namath, he spent over five years digging into what made teams work, interviewing 110 different ones. His conclusion? The number one teams knew their why, he told me when I interviewed him for my podcast. They had a sense of purpose. Vision is a way to ground you. It provides a map, a route, and a guidebook for the twists and turns that inevitably come with any career and in any business. As Don told me, 
he learned this very early. Before he left his house the morning of his very first day as a sports writer, his father stopped him in the driveway. He told the young Don that as someone who was going to have the opportunity to be in the presence of truly extraordinary people, winners, he should think in advance of one question he could ask them. The same question. Don followed that advice and singled out one thing. What habit has separated you from competitors? A few decades and 2,500 interviews later, when he retired from Sports Illustrated, Don had a deep well to draw from, and he carried that over into the business world. Employees show up differently when they believe they are working for a cause, not a company, Don reiterated to me. Another important lesson about vision that Don taught me, which he got from Wooden himself, was to surround yourself with the people that will help you become what you want to be. You will never outperform your inner circle, Wooden told him. Guard your inner circle like the most valuable asset you have. NBA player Markel Fultz, whom I discussed in Chapter 1, understood this from a young age and developed an inner circle that didn't just tell him what he wanted to hear. It's why he's now a pro. Vision is not just about ideas. It's about people as well. It means looking to the future and understanding which people in your network help you be the best you and which are, consciously or not, dragging you down. Surround yourself personally and professionally, with those who you can envision helping you become the highest achieving version of yourself. Strategic Vision We all need day-to-day -day focus, but without the larger picture, the vision, we're not really aware of where we're headed. We may not be headed anywhere at all. We may just be running in circles. Even if we're running full speed, if we have no direction, nothing will come of it but exhaustion and frustration. Then we'll look up and realize we are lost, or that we haven't gotten anywhere. Michael Bungay-Stanier is an author, motivational speaker, and the founder of Box of Crayons, a renowned coaching program that works with all kinds of businesses. We met at the Heroic Public Speaking Headquarters, a private coaching event for professional speakers and industry leaders. When we found we sailed the same waters, we hit it off. I like to think of strategy as a visual art, Stanier told me. You see the destination, you start seeing paths to get there. Sometimes we get a little obsessed with the path and we forget the destination. Michael understands that the long-term success of any organization or team is determined by the weekly and daily micro-coaching sessions that take place. He believes that these brief, 10 minutes or less, interactions are the foundation to high performance and a way of keeping everyone aligned with the vision. By checking in with your people, often and consistently, you get a strong feel for where their heads are and if they are on course. You also show them you care, which is vital to keeping them on the path. It's akin to making daily deposits in a bank account. These add up over time. The best part about these many coaching sessions is the player does the vast majority of the talking. As the coach, you are simply asking them a series of questions to get them to fully open up about what is going well, what they are finding challenging, and what they need help with. A strong vision acts like both a blueprint of what you're building and the scaffolding that supports its construction. Some entrepreneurs have ridden their vision from scratch to the top of their field. In 1994, Kevin Plank was a walk-on fullback for the University of Maryland football team. Frustrated by how his sweat weighed him down and affected his ability to remain agile, he started tinkering with different shirt materials. Though Plank had no background in athletic wear, he knew he was on to something. He had vision and he had purpose. So he did the legwork to figure out how to make his athletic shirt lighter. 
It sprouted a business, which led to him expanding into other clothing and spreading the word. Plank spent all of his savings, put himself $40,000 in debt, and started a company in his grandmother's basement. He called it Under Armour. Plank didn't lack for confidence either. Every year he would mail a Christmas card to Nike CEO Phil Knight that read, You haven't heard about us yet, but you will. I have no idea if Knight took him seriously. It's hard to imagine he did. But I think Knight has finally gotten the message. Under Armour is now worth around $17 billion and, according to some analysts, could knock Nike off its throne. In 2016, Forbes voted it the sixth most innovative company in the world. Despite its meteoric rise, Under Armour retains, according to Plank, a walk-on mentality. Though his original company has skyrocketed to the top of the sports world, his vision remains. A scrappy upstart taking on the big guys through attention to detail and quality. One word, vision. Vision means having a clear understanding, not just of what your product or service is, but what makes it special. Does it all filter back down into one idea? Think about it. What is the common denominator in everything you do? Can you give one word that captures it? Most of us are intimately familiar with Apple and its products. Even if you don't own one, you've certainly seen an iPad or iPhone somewhere. There's a unifying principle, a single word actually, that runs through all of their products, going back to their original Mac computers. Think about an Apple device. Can you guess what it is? Apple has made a commitment to one word, simplicity. Simplicity is what drives Apple to create what it creates and behave as it behaves, wrote Ken Siegel, Apple's creative director. Siegel is also the man responsible for naming all of the I products. Steve Jobs was famously maniacal about his vision and had a deep, almost religious belief in the power of simplicity. The word is capitalized throughout Siegel's book just to drive home the point. Jobs himself wore the same outfit anytime the public saw him, black turtleneck, blue jeans, and became a walking embodiment of the concept. Even after Jobs' death, simplicity remained the company's watchword. As the technological world gets more complicated, simplicity becomes even more necessary and vital. Jobs' vision continues to inform Apple and its products. Considering all that the iPhone is capable of doing, there are very few buttons on it. I count four on mine. The streamlining continues with each new one, getting rid of the earphone jack, a testament to the vision of the company's founder. Job wanted to merge the idea of progress and simplicity, recognizing that technology's purpose wasn't about adding complexity, but stripping it away. Other companies have become worldwide brands built off of the vision of one person. In the 1980s, marketing director Howard Schultz was working for a small Seattle coffee shop that only sold beans. On a trip to Italy, Schultz was blown away by the coffee culture there, how the shop served as public spaces, and he came back looking to recreate that idea in America. He wanted to invent a third place between work and home where people would choose to spend time. He brought this idea to the owners of that coffee bean shop, and the rest is history. Starbucks is one of the most ambiguous companies on earth, up there with McDonald's and Coca-Cola, and it is a result of one man's vision come to life. Creative Spaces Vision may begin in one place, inside one person, but it gathers, grows, and expands to the right environment. Whole Foods began in John Mackey's Texas garage, Apple and Steve Jobs' Northern California garage, Amazon and Bezos' Seattle garage. Why garages? 
A garage is where you can mess around and build things. A garage can accommodate failures and screw-ups. That's practically what they're for. Google and Facebook started in dorm rooms, places where young idealists with more vision than sense saw what others couldn't. A dorm room is a kind of incubator, and though Facebook is a billion-dollar juggernaut, it got off the ground because of the same like-minded camaraderie that you and your college friends shared with each other. Instead of committing themselves to watching sports or finding girls or getting drunk, Mark Zuckerberg and his roommates worked on his website. He had a vision, and they helped him execute it. Vision is a type of faith in yourself and those around you. When you're young and surrounded by like-minded people, it's easier to hold your vision close. Naivete can sometimes be an asset. There's an innocence to open eyes. Airbnb started in a living room with an idea and an air mattress. One of the founders met a guy at a yard sale who needed a place to stay. Now Airbnb has more rooms than the world's largest hotel chains. I think you must always live and think like a child or have that childlike curiosity and wonder, co-founder Brian Chesky told an interviewer. That's probably the most important trait you can have especially as an entrepreneur. His co-founder, Joe Gebbia, said that great ideas start out as polarizing. People should either love or hate your idea. That means it matters. It moves people in some way. It shows you're not acting out of fear. You're open to taking that big swing. You might strike out, but you refuse to strike out looking. Vision is not about predicting what everyone will love or how to become the most popular idea. It's about putting your horses behind the right idea. Former athlete and motivational speaker Lewis Howes has said that you need a strong enough vision that it becomes your default setting. So those mornings you're less motivated or structured, you can still see the big picture. You plug into your vision and let it take you. Having a vision is a built-in GPS directing you where to go or a compass always pointing you in the right direction. Without vision, leaders are just scrambling and everyone else can tell. It affects and infects the rest of the company. Studies show that more and more employees are tuning out at work. A recent Gallup poll found that a full two-thirds of workers were not engaged at work. That's a staggering number. Picture it. 66% of American workers parked at their desks, inside their cubicles, just tuning out. Worldwide, only 13% of adults are engaged in what they do. A poll in 2015 also found that 70% of people hate their jobs, which is useful for all bosses and managers to keep in mind. As a coach, your vision provides not just the roadmap, but the car, the available seats, and the engine to people who are looking for something to join. Make sure you're providing these things. Day-to-day -day work should never drown out the larger purpose. If you feel like your people are losing their way, find methods to bring your vision to the forefront. Remind them of it in meetings, emails, and conversations. Put them to work on long-term projects that excite them. Discuss with employees what their individual role has to do with achieving the larger vision. Seek their input on how that vision can be brought to life. All these little things will feed into the whole, giving your people a sense of purpose and an understanding of the big picture. It will also keep them connected to you and your larger goals. There's nothing you can do about where the pieces are. It's only your next move that matters. Steve Jobs. Selling Vision. I don't believe there's such a thing as a million-dollar idea. The phrase implies that all you have to do is come up with an idea and the money will start flowing in. But that's not how it works. It's never once worked like that. 
Vision doesn't stop with coming up with an idea. If it did, there'd be way more billionaires sitting around thinking up more ideas. It's about executing that idea, and that execution requires others' help. You have to sell your vision by building a dedicated and tight circle that feels strongly connected to you and to it. True leaders live and die by their vision and get others to do so as well. Communicating your vision is a must. According to the Carnegie Institute of Technology, 85% of your financial success is due to your personality and ability to communicate, negotiate, and lead. Only 15% is due to technical knowledge. Vision is about carrying both the big and the small, the now and the later, the intangible concept, and the tangible steps. The most productive people push themselves to come up with big goals, wrote Charles Duhigg in Smarter, Faster, Better, and then have a connection for breaking them into manageable parts. Draw a connection between what you ultimately want to accomplish, along with what you want your organization to be, and then break it all down into the manageable steps it will take to get there. Any vision, however far-reaching, remains only a fantasy unless steps are taken to realize it, Maury Klein wrote in The Changemakers, a book that profiles the greatest entrepreneurs of the last 150 years. What separates the great artist from the ordinary practitioner is not only grandeur of vision, but even more, the ability to bring it to fruition. Remember the word vision in business is usually associated with predicting the future, but the word itself is simpler than that. It just means to see. No one will see exactly what you can see. Keep your eyes open. Key point. Vision means understanding the future of your game and your team's purpose and funneling everything you do all toward that ultimate goal. Remember, leaders understand big picture thinking, how today is connected to yesterday and to tomorrow. In the day-to-day, a leader keeps eyes on the whole through forethought, connection, and commitment. A leader doesn't chase the popular idea. He creates the right idea. Don't forget the importance of selling your vision, inspiring and convincing other committed people to get on board. Well, that's it for me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please make sure to join my conversations at Alan Stein Jr. on all major social platforms and go to allensteinjr.com to subscribe to my full timeout, 30-second timeout, and overtime monthly emails. I look forward to helping you raise your game.